I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy New Year. And Merry Christmas. Thank you. As Brenda said at the top, it's still Christmas, and not just Christmas, but a feast, the feast of the Holy Name. This is the morning we celebrate the day that Jesus was given his name in his family, in his community. It was the day that Jesus was circumcised. To use language more familiar to most New Yorkers, today we commemorate Jesus's bris. I think it's helpful to use that word, to connect it to the living ritual, because we need to treasure our Jewish heritage and learn from it. And in a bris, brit milah, the more proper Hebrew bris is Yiddish, Jewish men are marked for life, marked for a life of faith and devotion, remembering the covenant that God made with Abraham in Genesis. We don't need to get into the whole etymology of what is both an ancient religious practice and an ancient health practice, but on the eighth day of a baby boy's life, they are named and circumcised and brought into covenant life, marked as God's own forever. So when my uh, grandma Ruth, my maternal grandmother, passed away two summers ago, I spent a lot of time in the months afterwards helping to clean out her house down near Brighton Beach. And along the way, I've gotten to collect a lot of old photos of my grandparents when they were young, of my aunts and uncles as kids. But most special to me were the photos from the years when I was a child, when the faces are just as young or old as I like to remember them. And there's a lot of laughing and celebration because those were the occasions when a camera might come out. I am old enough that there was not always a camera. You had to bring it out. <laughs> and I should also mention that my mother's family is Jewish. So one of those celebratory photographed occasions was my brother's bris. I love this photograph. So imagine, if you will, my brother's in the center of the frame, a bundle of blankets with a little eight-day-old face peeking out. The rabbi's at the bottom, his back is to the camera, and there's four men in kippah and prayer shawls holding a little baby boy. My father, my grandpa Saul, my grandpa Poppy, my uncle William, as if it takes four men to hold a little tiny baby. And the faces radiate out from there, my, my mother and her sisters, my grandmothers, friends and family, my Aunt Adele, who wasn't really my aunt. You get the picture. <laughs> you don't know these people, so you're being very indulgent of me right now. But imagine instead your own childhood memories, your own family photo full of faces, your own image of the people you love who love you. The snapshot I have is doubtlessly from before everything started because Rafa isn't crying, but the emotions coming from the picture are both solemn and so, so joyful. They are making thanksgiving to God for the life of this new baby and making promises for the life that they will help this child to live. And in so doing, they're affirming the lives that they want to live too. I think it's really important to imagine Jesus in the center of moments like that. Your image, right, I asked you to remember, isn't likely a bris. Maybe it's a birthday party, a backyard barbecue, your favorite childhood Christmas. It's important to imagine Jesus in the center of those images. 
Jesus as a child in the center of a family's life. All of the joys that you remember from childhood, just the feeling of being small and things being more simple, and all of the little sorrows too, like when you got in trouble or got sick or lost someone that you loved for the first time, the way that you as a child came to know the world and the fullness of life really came to bloom in you, we have to think about Jesus like that too. Because to me, that is so crucial to understanding the incarnation that Jesus is God born with us. He's not a baby and then magically a 30-year-old man, though the Bible might lead you to think that. I've come to believe that those little details are family snapshots. They're not in the Bible, not because they didn't happen, but because they happened so much as to be unremarkable. The Bible is full of the special stuff that they wanted to write down. And a little kid in the center of a family life, birthdays and meals and visits to the temple, you don't need to write that down. That's what life is. Jesus had all of that, was in the center of all of that. God became a person just like us, which means he was born into a constellation of people, brought up in the messy web of human life that teaches all of us how to grow up, how to be. This photograph of Rafa's bris, my family and this rabbi crushed together in my grandparents' living room, it isn't just an artifact because it's from 1989 and there's lots of amazing hairdos and glasses memorialized. It's a bit of an artifact because after the last few years, what makes that photo feel the most ancient, the most strange when I look at it, is to see all of those faces crushed together, unmasked, unconcerned, like it's the most natural thing in the world just to get to be together. It's just so light. It's a room full of people who all live nearby each other. They took being together for granted. And I think beginning a new year, in an uncertain world, at a difficult time. I found myself thinking about the gift of the incarnation as twofold. First, it just helps me to remember that Jesus truly lived a human life, and because he did, it means that God knows us, not at a remove, not academically, but intimately. God knows us. God hugged and loved and was held. He had beloved friends. And I would imagine that he had some relatives who tried his patience. God sat in a, in a crowded temple and wriggled in his seat. And so God's heart rejoices with our hearts when we rejoice. And God's heart breaks right along with our hearts when they break at the confusion and pain of this world and what we've lost living through the last few years. That's the first gift, that Jesus knows us. And the second is this, that in living a human life, God gifts our lives back to us. We can see ourselves and our lives in a new way. He restores our preciousness to ourselves. If we're looking around for what is holy, we don't just have to gaze up at heaven or at the altar, we can look at our neighbors. We can look at our lives. 
God blessed them. And for both these things, for comfort through being known by God, and for strength in our own faith in God, for both those things, we have the name of Jesus. In this gospel, we're asked to remember the holy name of Jesus, the name given by an angel. Jesus was sealed under the law to fulfill the law and was named Jesus, Yeshua, which means God saves. God saves. This is the feast at which Jesus receives his name that he then freely gives to all of us in our baptism. We are sealed as Christ's own forever in the name of Jesus. As Paul explains it in Philippians, to be born in human likeness, God emptied himself so that we might receive adoption as God's children. God comes to us as a child. At a time of such societal rancor and division, at a time of growing Christian nationalism, it helps me to remember that our faith is inherently tender, inherently intimate. I read somewhere that people want a brutal God to preside over their brutal acts. People want a brutal God to preside over their brutal acts, but no such God is in the manger. The God who humbled himself, who became obedient to the point of death, is our strength and our redeemer, and the power which conquers sin and death and hate. We receive adoption through the name of Jesus Christ, the name at which every name at the, the name at which every knee should bend. God has saved us, and God saves us. Present tense. Yeshua, God saves. We are saved by the life of Christ. A piece of his flesh was given to affirm the covenant that God made with all of us. And we're saved by the life of Christ who gave his whole body up for us on the cross. The body that we receive at communion that restores us individually and communally. God restores us. God saves us every day through every year and every journey that we have to make. God has freely given his name, and we are sealed by that name and the Spirit as Christ's own forever. Amen.